My own, yes. So this morning, uh, we, we continue our sermon series, Who is Jesus? And as we work our way through the book of John, our focus today is on Jesus, the life giver. And the passage we're looking at is at John chapter 11. It's a story of Lazarus. Now, I have to be honest, I'm a wee bit worried this morning um, preaching this sermon because when I read a sermon, I always use my wife, Mandy, as a, as a guinea pig. And I always, I always make her listen to it um, to see if it makes sense to her. So I'm sitting at my desk reading my sermon, and when I finish, I turn around and she's fast asleep. <laughs> and I go, Monday. And she goes, that was very good. <laughs> so try and stay awake, please. <laughs> I love the story of Lazarus. He's one of the most famous characters in the Bible, even though he's not recorded as ever speaking one word. He's a bit like a, a silent movie star. The story of Lazarus, it's one of those stories that most people know whether they come to church or not. Even before I was a Christian, you would have heard people say, you know, it was always a joke if someone had a, a few near-death experiences or bad illnesses, people would say they've had more comebacks than Lazarus. The story is packed with emotion, fear, sorrow, joy, and excitement. It's a last great miracle in John's gospel, the seven of seven miracles. The first miracle, like the last, began in a domestic situation. The first began at a wedding, and then the miracle of Lazarus at a funeral. But both were designed to meet the needs of a family. So let's begin by reading verses 1 to 3. That's chapter 11. Now a certain mom was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. We know reading through the the story of Lazarus, that Jesus was not just a close friend of the family, but we are told that Jesus loved him. He had obviously spent quite a bit of time with the family as he traveled around that area, and they would have not just heard the great miracles that Jesus was performing, but they would probably have witnessed some as well. So they knew when Lazarus became very ill that Jesus was their only hope, but they didn't say, you must come. They simply sent word to inform Jesus of the situation and left it for him to decide what to do, because they knew that in coming, Jesus was putting his own life um, in danger, because just a few days earlier, he and his disciples had to actually flee the area of Judea as people had tried to stone them. Let's continue on, verses 4 to 16. But when Jesus heard it said, this illness does not lead to death, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of, the, of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. 
So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So we know that when Jesus gets the news, he simply says that this illness is to bring glory to God. And then for the next two days, he just gets on with life as normal. While his friend Lazarus is most probably land suffering as his life is coming to an end. Do you notice that his disciples, who would also have been close friends of Lazarus, um, they didn't try to encourage Jesus that the travel back to heal him, they were more concerned with their own well-being. And when Jesus tells them after two days that Lazarus has died and the time is now right to head back, panic starts to set in. I love Thomas's response in verse six when, or 16 when he says, let us also go that we may die with him. Is it just me or it just reads us as pure sarcasm? I don't know. I've read different commentators say about how this shows Thomas's courage and love for Jesus. But, but I just see a bit of sarcasm in it. Maybe it's just because I can be a wee bit sarcastic at times, but I, I don't know. Who am I to argue with the great theologians? But for me, there are two main points in the last few verses we read. The first is that Jesus answers prayers in his ways, not ours, and in his timing, and not ours. We know from reading Matthew chapter 8 that Jesus was able to heal a centurion's servant without having to visit him. Jesus simply had to say the word without even going to Lazarus, and Lazarus would have been healed. But Jesus already knew the outcome for Lazarus as he does for your life and for mine. Jesus says, I am delaying so that God may be glorified and his son receive glory too. Dave Pawson writes, the purpose of our lives, sick or well, healed or not, is to glorify God and his son. The second point in these verses was the response of his disciples. See, they were happy to sit with Jesus in a safe place, even though they knew Lazarus needed help. But panic quickly set in when he told them to follow him back to Bethany. You see, we all want blessings, happiness, and fulfillment, and we associate a happy condition with a certain amount of ease. Jesus promises blessing and fulfillment to those who follow him, but many people have been surprised that the way of Christ is not as easy as they had hoped. You know, sometimes following Christ can be just very difficult. Let's continue on, verses 17 to 27. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him with Mary, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the, on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. So Martha comes to meet Jesus and she said, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Her faith was so strong that she knew Jesus would have healed Lazarus. Even in her grief, though, she still knew that Jesus could do a miracle when she says, Even now I know that whatever you ask from God, 
God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again because I am the resurrection and the life. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, he was claiming to be the source of both. There is no resurrection apart from Christ and there is no eternal life apart from Christ. Beyond that, Jesus was also making a statement concerning his divine nature. He does more than give life. He is life. And therefore, death has no ultimate power over him. Jesus confers this spiritual life on those who believe in him so that they share his triumph over death. Believers in Jesus Christ will experience resurrection because having the life Jesus gives, it is impossible for death to defeat them. When most people think about getting saved, they're thinking about eternity. They're thinking about the life Jesus gives after death, but completely miss the point that without Jesus, we are spiritually dead now in this life. Without Jesus, we are not living we are existing. They don't get me wrong, without Jesus, many people exist quite well. I wish I had a pound for every time someone tells me Christianity's not for me um, because they don't need Jesus in their life because their lives are okay the way they are. I remember before um, I became a Christian, I used to work as a taxi driver and I used to taxi this elderly lady and she used to say to me, John, you need Jesus in your life. I just used to roll my eyes and look out the window and smile and go, no, you're okay, my life's okay the way it is. But even when I look back, even though everything, I thought my life was fine, even then I I knew that there had to be more than life than what I was living. And I knew even back then that there was something missing. To explain what I mean by saying without Jesus we are just existing, I'm going to use a a demonstration that I used to use at Alpha, and I'm going to use a, a, a tripod Here's one I prepared earlier. The first leg represents our bodies. So the health and wellness market value in the UK alone in 2018 was 20,628,700,000. a lot of knots. People are more obsessed with their bodies now than ever before. People are doing everything they can now to try and stop themselves from getting older. It's true that two of the things that we fear most in life are death and old age. And many people now, as they're getting older, are using whatever means they can to translow it down or to hide it. The cosmetic industry worldwide is worth $675 billion. And then you have the whole world around cosmetic surgery, operations, Botox, lip fillers, etc. If you're looking at the person beside you this morning and their expression hasn't changed from the come into church, you know there's something not right. And if their eyes are closed, give them a wee nudge. Sad to say that our bodies peak at around 30, and then it starts to go downhill after that. So it doesn't matter if you're in your 70s and you look like you're 50 or you're feeling the, the fittest you've ever been. Do you know what? We're all going to die. I'm full of cheer this morning, aren't I? But... It doesn't matter how good you feel or look on the outside because inside, without Jesus, you're spiritually dead. But with Jesus, that completely changes. I'll never forget the words of a man. Um, He he was brought here to Willowfield a few years back by his friend um, shortly after he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. 
and he gave his life to the Lord. He's only two years older than me. And I remember he said to me, he says, it's ironic, he says, my body's down, but yet I've never felt more alive inside. Because he got to experience the presence of a living God deep in his spirit. John 6, 63 says, the spirit alone gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Hey, don't get me wrong, it's, it's good to look after yourself, it's good to look good and feel good, but don't let your body become your God. The second leg we have here, it represents our soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, it's your personality. Again, many people think that they will find life through doing good works, being a good person, or, or studying a lot, and filling their minds with lots of useful, useful information. Some of the best-selling books now are self-help books. And as I was telling people that as they're learning to control their minds, they will find the secret of life and peace and happiness. You look through Amazon, I was, I was looking through the, the book list and they found books like to live life to a, a, or to a life well lived, stop thinking, start living, or control the mind and find life. One of our, uh, one of our last after Alpha groups, there was a girl in, in the group who was big into self-help books. And as we were doing a, a study of the book of Luke, and it was the first time she'd ever read the Bible, she was amazed to find that a lot of the stuff that she had been reading in her self-help books had actually been taken from the Bible. The truth is, you see, it doesn't matter if you're the most beautiful person in the world or the smartest person in the world. You might be a positive thinker, you could have a degree in theology or have the best attendance in church. But if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're spiritually dead. See, most people live their lives focusing on their bodies and their souls, but let's look at what happens when we put the tripod down. It falls over because there's something missing. So let's look now at what the third leg represents. It represents our spirit. Which comes to life only when we accept Jesus as the giver of life. See, when, so when you accept Jesus into your life, your spirit comes to life, not just now, but for all eternity. John 3 verse 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So let's look at now what happens when you put the tripod down. It stands up. It's complete. You see, without Jesus, a life giver, we are never going to be complete. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's continue. Verses 28 to 45. Then she returned to Mary, she called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people were at the house consoling Mary, saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. 
Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all those standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. There's so, so much information, so much stuff that you, you could preach on in this whole passage. You could do a sermon series, actually, on John chapter 11 on its own. Calling Lazarus back from the dead but was what Jesus had come to do. It was what he had been talking about when he had said to his disciples, this illness does not lead to death, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It was not enough for Jesus to say that he is the resurrection and the life, he had to show it. Through this amazing miracle, he showed that he alone has power over both death and life. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus is simply saying that to have life, both now and for all eternity, all we need to do is have faith in him. He says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to believe to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I find verse 45 very challenging in this passage because it says, many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. Jesus calls Lazarus out from the tomb. He's been dead for four days. He's wrapped in grave clothes and we're told that many of the people who witnessed this believed, but not all. Sometimes I get people saying to me, I'll only believe if I can see real evidence, or I'm waiting on God giving me a saying. Here in the Bible is all the evidence you need. But the truth is that as we have seen from this story, some people's hearts are so hardened, they're never going to believe. I'm just going to finish with this as you're sitting here this morning, are you ex existing or are you living? Are you simply existing or are you full of the life that Jesus wants to give you? As I demonstrated with the tripod, living a life where you're spiritually separated from God doesn't work. Not only are you going to be separated from Jesus for all eternity, 
but you're missing out on the fullness of life that he wants to give you right now. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So here's the thing. If you're here this morning and you believe, but you've never taken a step to ask Jesus into your life, don't waste another moment. Let's do it right now. Close your eyes, please. If everyone just close your eyes and bows your head. And if you want to take that step this morning for the first time, just simply pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Please forgive me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me, that I may be forgiven and set free, and that I may have life to the full. I thank you that you offer forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I ask you now to come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be my Lord and Savior now and forever. I pray us in Jesus' name. Amen.